0: The FNRad snowboard podcast is presented by Vans. Season 8 of FNRad is sponsored by Wired Snowboards and On Optics, the Boardroom Snowboard Shop, find an epicagent.com and Tribute Board Shop in Nelson BC.
1: This real estate secret could save you thousands. Never contact a realtor yourself. Instead, have Find an Epic agent refer you to proven local realtors. Why? We pay you from the commission the realtor pays Find an Epic agent for your introduction. You get the best real estate agent working for you, and we put your money back in your pocket. In over 30 countries, Find an Epic agent makes it cheaper to buy or sell a home. That's why it pays to click findanepicagent.com before contacting a realtor.
0: Support also comes from DeKine, Grouse Mountain, Mount Seymour, Pro standard GoPro accessories and Volcom outerwear. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're trying to build that up. If you'd like to win a free Beneath Apparel first layer top and bottom, pause the show, go to the FNRAD YouTube channel and comment, I want new Beneath base layer on the Kenak episode. Then go to Instagram and tag three friends and Beneath Apparel in the comments of this week's post for the episode. I'll pick a new winner every week. I switched to Beneath Underwear and First Layer this year. It's amazing. Trust me, you want some. Special thanks this episode to Tomahawk Indigenous Products, and be sure to check out Kaya J and the Drink Tickets. They've got a new album. It's called Better. She's Ken Ock's daughter, and her music is awesome. Ken Bach opened the world's first snowboard shop, aptly named The Snowboard Shop. And Ken has been at so many foundational moments in early snowboarding that trying to mention them here would be impossible. Ken knew Tom Sims and Jake Burton, Chuck Barfoot, Ernie DeLoss, the list goes on. His brother Dave was on the first cover of Transworld Snowboard Magazine. He got second at the Second World Championships and the Baker Bank Slalom. He was friends with Craig and he started Camp of Champions. Ken Ackenbach changed the world by falling in love with snowboarding. This is a great conversation with Canada's snowboarder, Ken Ackenbach. You know, like Jake and Tom are always like, "Oh, I had no idea." You know, Tom, "Oh, I had
1: no idea it was going to be so big," (laughs) and Jake was like, "I had no idea it was going to be so big." And it's like, man, the second I tried it, I knew it was going to be the biggest thing ever. Like, I'm not going to lie; it's just like this is the raddest thing ever. And it's and it's funny; it's like I was, I think it was was USA the other day. I went from. Oh, and I was talking to Eric Blem about Craig's book. And I was like, nice. I went from team skis with Atomic to a piece of plywood with no edges and no p and no bindings. And I had 10 times more fun on that snowboard and made way more friends in a shorter amount of time than
0: I ever did skiing. So let's go all the way back to like, because I think in picking your brain over the years. There's not much sure. to pick. It took you years. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure you came... To the conclusion that you may have been snowboarding in Alberta in the seventies. No, could, I never could have snowboarded been in the seventies. No.
1: It pisses me off that I missed the seventies. Really, really. Yeah, so, I think it was December '80. When it, it's funny talking to Eric Bland, wow, wow, Like my whole life, I thought I went to the '83 Worlds, but apparently, I was second in the '84 Worlds. Right. And I didn't figure that out until like me and Blemmer are like, I'm like, holy shit, dude.
0: Yeah, I guess that was the second one. <laughs> I wanted to pump your tires before we started this whole thing because you are a, a classic self-deprecator you'll be like ah you know i wasn't that good or whatever whatever when we're talking about snowboarding well but-
1: it's you know it's that it's a low self-esteem thing like until i did lens neural feedback i could never claim anything ever. Right. like i was super you know i still passed the buck nine times out of ten but sure. it's like you know doing lens neural feedback and finding out i had social anxiety and low self-esteem it explained you know a whole lot in my life on why i did things and why it was so easy to give up being a pro and i'm you know i'm not gonna say like i was naturally super wicked at it or anything like that right but but i mean i had a really heavy advantage when i started because i came from ski racing like it's funny i've never counted my days snowboarding until a couple of years ago right because when we were kids like i skied every single day of the winter like (laughs) like every single day like my mom would pick us up from school, or we'd get home from school, we'd have dinner at four o'clock, and then we'd go skiing until 10 o'clock at night, like training gates or just skiing or what we, you know, like the ski you know, COP, we used to be called Pascapoo, was our daycare. You know,
0: we we trespassed on it. Um, oh, same. Check this shit out. <laughs> I've read so my I'm my going on there two in the morning. I'm Shoot. going with a 19 year old kid across from Calgary to Banff because of Holy Boly, which is one yeah. of the greatest events yeah. ever. And I'm sure you've been there, and I'm None, sure you've no know, crush. <laughs> i've never been to holy bole oh wow next year you gotta go cannot uh, you know what jumping's too depressing for me it, it's, I it's actually system. turning it's actually yeah. turning it's pretty sick but just, anyways damn. we're on, on our way past cop and there's a fully cut pipe a super pipe there and i tell the intern who's driving to pull the fucking car over man there's a half pipe right there and we get in the he, he actually resists he says no i'm like the only people that do pipe are once want to go to the Olympics. No, no. He said, <laughs> I love riding pipe, but I'm not trespassing. And I was like... What kind of snowboarder is he like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like You know, dude, it came from skateboarding, not right, windsurfing, right. Right. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he goes, uh, I'm not doing it. I'll sit in the car. You know what? I'm adding that for... for because he's going to watch this. Josh said, uh, I can't believe we're even doing this. And yeah. I had to convince him by saying, I'll walk up to the pipe. And if someone comes out and shouts at me, then we'll leave. But yeah. if I come back it's to the it's easier car, to beg for forgiveness. We're and putting ask on for our, permission. we're putting on our shit. And so I walk up, I get halfway there. I see two guys coming out of the bush. Just happens to be Josh Rosen. And, uh, Oh fuck. As if I'm gapping on his name, Todd Schlosser. What? Absolute. You got shredders. to ride with Schlosser <laughs> in a half pipe. Oh my fucking God. Now Josh. Yeah. Is yeah, like yeah so I'm running down to Josh. I'm like, dude, seriously, get your gear on, get your gear on. We're going right now. Those guys are epic. And we, I didn't know it was them. They were just, I'm like, the locals are here. They're coming out of the bush. They ride this every day. I don't know. Yeah. So we get up there and we meet them. I'm like, hey, Todd, I don't know. Todd, I met you before. This is my friend Josh and Josh. And we ride the pipe for like two hours. Like we session that fucking ah, thing. Sick. Nobody said anything. And when we got back to the car, intern Josh was like, that was probably my most fun day of snowboarding in my life. Now, he might have been exaggerating like I do every time. No, I no, but, again, it, but it, it, it's so
1: funny because, like, I, I always laugh at myself because every day I go snowboarding, like, I'll finish a run and get on the chair and I'll just laugh to myself. <laughs> it's like, fuck, I love snowboarding. And it's so funny. Like, I say that every day, every run, and it's just like, dude, you're so pathetic. <laughs> but, it, but at the same time, it's like, it's, it's funny. Like, you know, one hand, it's pathetic because I've been snowboarding for, shit, 40-something years. Yeah. But I still love it so much. I mean, yeah. I wish I could still jump, but my ears and my balance are shot from.
0: Yeah, so caught so an avalanche turn, in 95 and it oh, wrecked fuck. my ears shit. but i'm
1: not dead so i don't care but it like right. i haven't been able right. to jump since 95 and, and it really bums me out and because a, i miss yeah. i miss yeah. fucking sending you it. you were a legit <laughs> sender
0: you were also i was a, I was a sender there's a, no a, a, arguing that one yeah, i like then, jumping off shit <laughs> and you were a legit competitor in the early days of competition i saw your second place at fucking baker i'm like jesus he's always well, talking like he's nothing but well, he's it's funny you know because it's like
1: you know, I look back on it and I think, of, you know, the first Baker contest and, you know, I thought all of us were kind of the same. Right. And then, I don't know, like the 20th anniversary one, I was hanging out with Bob Barcy, and he's like, oh, dude, you got to see the footage I got from the first one. I'm like, shut up. And so we, like, we, you know, and cause it was Barcy, of course it was in beta. So it was like crystal <laughs> sharp, like sick ah, Nice. And I'm watching it and I'm like, man, I remember us all being the same. But when I watched the footage now, there was like. You know, like the top five or six. And then everybody else wasn't that good after that. Mm-hmm. And what I told, it's like, mm-hmm. you know, seeing it in real life, or, well, you know, like video, it was like, oh man, I, I actually was pretty good. You yeah. know, and, yeah. and, and it's yeah. funny. And it's like, you know, like I never realized I was a bigger dude until I was hanging out with Chuck one time. And, you know, we'd made this video and it was just riding at sunshine and goofing around in like 83, I think.
0: Holy shit.
1: And, Yeah, we were sick of the Barfoot video. So we made a new one to play in the shop. (laughs) And um, I'm I'm showing it to his buddy, Dan, who's like 6'5", something like that. And he's like, you move pretty good for a big dude. I'm like, what do you mean, big dude? And he's like, well, look look in the video, man. You're like way bigger than everybody else. And I was like, oh, geez, yeah, uh, yeah, I kind of am. I never noticed that before. But it was like, you know, because I was, you know, 83, I would have been 19 20 something like that yeah i guess it would have been like 85 when we made the video it's like 21 and it's like all the kids that you know all the other people that you know all the shot
0: posse was like 14 to 16 so of <laughs> yeah, course i'm way yeah, bigger than that yeah, but it's like yeah. i never noticed it just I, like i I've never definitely, noticed i've definitely heard about the van like you're basically bringing kids in a van to these contests all over the well, place i
1: mean that was the ski racer thing like going back to that ski racer thing it's like you know, the coach would pile everybody into the van. Yeah. And, I, and I, you know, I remember, you know, coming from Canada Olympic, you know, well, the Pascaboo ski team where I was one of the better guys on the team. And then I wanted, you know, what, I don't know what the hell I wanted. I switched to a different team called the Ski Meisters. And, you, you know, the uh, the rules for seats, right? I have no. Just call idea. him hump, Walt. No. But it's like, you know, oh, like yeah, 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 the, the, the better ski you are, yeah, the better. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, you get course. the seat at the back where you got leg room. And, yeah. you know, me being whatever, I just take that seat or whatever because I was there first. <laughs> and, you know, and I was never friends with that guy ever again after that because I took his seat and it just turned into this big thing. And it, but, you know, it's funny. But that's, but that's what you do with ski racing. You know, like the coach takes a van and everybody piles in and you drive and, yeah. you know, and then you help everybody get better. And then you drive home at the end of the day. And, and that was, you know, coming from that environment, of course, when I had the shop, of course, I'm going to take every kid around and take him up yeah, to the mountain. It's because, the same shit. You know, it's, it's expensive to go even back then. So if you can make it easier for people, well, you know, and then, you know
0: more fun riding with people than <laughs> you know so not. L- let's go all the way to the very first time that you see a snowboard and strap it on your feet maybe it's not the same day but i kind of imagine no well, i saw, I saw it, it, it in
1: action now and then i was like dude i want one of those yeah well actually it was, it was i saw it in action now and then I, I was ski racing and it was pretty much 1980 right now yeah and i'm running around in circles doing dry line training for ski racing and even though it was one of the probably top three guys on the team, I could never get a thing called a coach's choice, which elevates you to the next level of ski racing. And I think it's part of the reason I hate fists and all that stuff, because it's like, you know, my mom who ran the Nancy Green Ski League, which was, you know, the little kids racing league. And then she ran the whole ski program for for calgary i think she ran it for alberta
0: actually yeah where were you living in calgary, in, in calgary. oh yeah i've been to the yeah. house you and, were and and i mean calgary is such a racing town like i mean yeah. i
1: used to get ken reed's old downhill suits i'd get Red. you know i'd get <laughs> uh daryl bowie's old ski boots i'd get you know you'd get randy yano's old skis you know like you'd get all these because you know, there's such a talent pool in calgary you'd get all this insane secondhand shit yeah for you know like you'd get atomic team skis for a hundred bucks.
0: Wait a minute. The Olympics were in Calgary in 88. 88, yeah. There was no fucking imagination of... Snowboarders weren't even allowed on the hills yet at that point. No, nah, right? Cal- in Alberta we were. Like, yeah. it, it's,
1: it's it, you know, it's funny because... But yeah, go, going back to that sorry, COP sorry. thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I get
0: super distracted. And yeah, I'll wander yeah. all over Who, the place. Wasn't it somebody's but, dad that so, was running so I
1: So I was running, you know, doing dry land training, getting ready for the next season, and all of a sudden I had this epiphany that because my mom's not rich single parent mom with no money i didn't have a fucking hope in hell of getting to the olympics or mm, the national team mm. or anything because i wasn't rich right. and i just you know stopped running went up to the coach and when i quit she's like what i'm like you know and i know i'm never getting a coach's choice because my mom doesn't have time to pat you on the back every day and tell you how great you are even though my mom's running a whole fucking show right and so i just quit and walked off and then i was sitting around it's like you know winter's pretty boring if you don't have something to do (laughs) yeah and you know beginning of december i was like oh i'm gonna buy a snowboard and so i phoned up you know 969 1989 area code 805 you know it's like it's crazy i still remember that and yeah I phone up and hey it's tom and i'm like hey man i want to buy a snowboard and he's like okay and so i buy a snowboard and it comes and you know it's funny it's like i don't even have to close my eyes and i can I can see my kitchen or my mom's kitchen and me saying, Hey, mom, can I borrow your credit card? I want to buy a snowboard. Yeah. Buying a snowboard, it comes. I run across the street because we lived on a hill. Yeah. And, you know, I've been to the hill. Back, back in the days, there was snow all winter. Yeah. And it was, I don't know, about a foot deep. Pow, yeah. Yeah. grass. Throw my feet under the straps and do a couple wiggle turns down to the fence at the bottom. And I was like, oh, That's it. That was yeah. rad. That's it. And just like stayed out till, well, Way past, I mean, it was dark. It's summer, or it's yeah. winter. It's dark yeah. down yeah. at three yeah. o'clock. So I stayed out past dark. It was 3.30 in the afternoon. <laughs> but uh, like just stayed out until i worn my legs out. Right. And I came back in and went, mom, can I borrow your credit card? I want to buy six more of these because I know this is going to be the raddest thing ever. And I, we, want, we can sell them to other stores.
0: So in 80, how That
1: old was 1980. You? You're 17. So I was 15 because I wasn't. 15. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and, and my mom, like, <laughs> I still can't believe it. You know, it's like single parent mom, no money. Like she supported us by being a nurse and going door to door selling encyclopedias. Jesus. And, and it's funny. Like I was hanging out with my mom last week and I said, yo, mom, I can't believe how amazing a life you gave us from selling encyclopedias. Like how many doors did you have to knock on to, to sell an encyclopedia? And like, these are a thousand bucks in the seventies. Like yes. it was, yeah, you know, there was financing it was, plans uh, in the whole yeah, fucking it was, shit. It was crazy. Yeah. And my mom goes, well, the average with World Book was five doors for every sale. And then she gets all super proud. She goes, my average was 1.1 1. 1 for every two and a half doors. And <laughs> oh, it was just like, wow. damn. Wow. Like, it, it was amazing. But, yeah. you, you know. So, so she
0: has that same, that same. Well, I learned
1: everything from her. Salesperson, yeah. personality. Oh, yeah. I learned everything yeah. from her. Yeah. And so I was like, this is going to be the raddest thing ever. And so then I, I get the boards and they come and I go around to all the stores. I'm like, yeah, you should buy these. It. It's going to be. Nobody wanted anything. To As do a fifteen-year-old, first of all, Hi,
0: can you want to buy a snowboard? <sighs> My mom didn't give me no identification. <sighs> And, and everybody and says And everybody, no.
1: like Chip Wilson at West Beach is like, why would I want those and free, you know, he nobody sh- won. Did
0: he have a shop at that yeah, time? Yeah, he had West
1: Beach down on 8th Avenue Mall.
0: So he, would this is like a few years yeah, into his Yeah, he was selling shorts. volleyball Yeah, He was, volleyball volleyball. He was selling everything. volleyball stuff. Yeah. Yes. yes. It <laughs> was all volleyball stuff. <laughs> I love you, Chip, but it was volleyball stuff. <laughs> That's amazing.
1: <laughs> and, and But it was rad because it's like, you know, back then it was rad. Like I was super friends with all the, all the people at West Beach because, you know, they were who I went snowboarding with. Got like, it. I think Jen worked there and this, you know, like all, you know, all these original snowboarders and then Funky Punkers was next door. And what's Funky Punkers? It was this sh- sh- store where you'd get white knockoff converses and paint them yourself. Yep. And they gave me like, I think like a hundred bucks or 200 bucks to help me get to the world. So that's why there's a Funky Punkers sticker on my leg in the photo. And That's fucking awesome. But it was like, nobody wanted anything to do with them. And I'm just like, fuck. Yeah. I'm like, okay, well, I guess I'm going to have to sell these myself. Right. And so I said, Hey mom, can I, you know, turn the walkout basement into the snowboard shop? And she's like, or into a shop. And she's like, yeah, sure. And so, you know, like, what am I going to call it? The snowboard shop. Cause well, that's all we sell. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. And then, uh, and it, and it was funny. And then, you know, it's like, I can still, you know, Neil made his own boards and we met and, and then, you know,
0: Neil was making his own boards at that time. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So he already could, ride
0: and he was well we
1: all kind of learned at the same time like he didn't buy a board like he like we all we all we all basically started at the same time like kelly ross had a yellow plastic board that he left like one of those webers that he left at sunshine and it's funny like i didn't even know it was his till like 20 years ago it's like (laughs) it's like man i wish i'd i wish i'd picked up that weber that was always just kicking around at sunshine and kelly's like oh man i left that there that was my board i'm like shut up it was was so rad that's amazing you know, and that he, you know, and then he ended up making Mackie and you know all yeah. that stuff, and, yeah. and it was really cool. But so buy these boards, turn the, it into the shop, and like I can still see Les Quitsaw come to, hey man, I want to buy a board, and you know, or like Mark Fawcett phoning me up, like from say New Brunswick, yeah, I want to buy a board, and I sent him a board. And, Are you shitting me? Yeah, like just all these people. How would he
0: get the number? How would he know?
1: Because because he we, by then it was an ISM, so it wasn't as early as that, but it was just. It was just really, when you- So to, you took out ads, what, like- th- Well, no, I didn't take out, like, I took out ads in ISM, but yeah, I yeah. mean, you know, the Tom Sims School of Marketing, like- Hi, this is Mr. Johnson. Yeah, there's some crazy kids doing some wacky things on these skateboard-looking things across the street. You should maybe send out a photographer. <laughs> and so they, you know, the newspaper would send out a photographer and oh, end amazing. up on the cover of the paper. Uh, you that know, like happened. yeah, That's yeah, awesome. like I just leaned this piece of plywood up against the fence and shoveled snow on it and just right. made a mark gonzalez lawn trap to the flat on the other side totally but it, it got me on the paper and yeah. it helped people do it and you yeah. know and then i took a page from jake where it's like oh you want us to do an ad in your magazine okay the only way i'm going to do an ad in your magazine is if you do a story on snowboarding sick and that's how i ended up being a photographer because nobody had any photos so right. i ended up taking pictures and you know one thing leads to another and then all of a sudden you know you're this center of the universe for snowboarding and it's funny it's like i you know, like, I've always had super solid pride in, in the shop. Like we fucking killed it. We were the best shop ever, Sick. like ever. Sick. Like I remember going to trade shows, and like other stores would follow behind us. Like the girls that did all the buying for Zani's for, for would follow behind us to yeah. see what stores, you know, like what booths we went into. Right. Like we had Stussy when, like Stussy's mom packed a box. <laughs> you know, like we got we, we had Volcom when Rich. It was like, well, what do you need? And we were buying, you know, we were getting it out of his one-bedroom apartment. And it was Amazing. funny. I saw him at, at Trestle's. When I was launching Pro Standard with the grill mount. And like we were looking at each other in this bus up from the parking lot. I'm like, dude, I know you. He's like, it's Rich from Volcom. I'm like, dude, he goes, you're Ken from the snowboard shop. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, dude, congrats on Volcom. You must be in like a two bedroom apartment by now, right? Like it was, it was so, but you know, and then we had like Fresh Jive before everybody and we had New Deal stuff before everybody. Like, wow. We, had, we were the first store to bring, first store in Canada to bring vans in. Wow. You know, like I remember going to California and meeting with, um, What's his name, Van Doren? Steve. Steve. Steve Going, Van Doren, yeah. And, and it's funny. When I read his book, it's like... Oh, no he's one, got a book? i got to read that. Yeah, dude, it's so good. And, but it, it's wait. so funny because it's like, I'm reading it, and it's like, I couldn't figure out why he'd sell them to this 20-year-old kid. Like, don't worry, just sell him to me. I'll get him across the border.
0: And, and when I'm reading <laughs> his book so you he was doing the same in thing van. in mexico ah, right oh and it was just God, like it was so awesome. funny and it's and so so do you get a mention in the book there's no a guy no, comes no, up no and, I be who cares right but i mean yeah. it's funny like
1: so i i clear customs with them, yeah and then you know we were the only place that had vans and back then you got a binder that had all the colors and you'd custom order shoes and it was right. amazing but right you know like this christmas i was i was in a van store getting some from stuff for my kids and like for some reason like it almost made me cry like even right now like seeing this this company that was a bunch of outcasts turn into like walking in this store and seeing fifty thousand <laughs> pairs of shoes yeah. and like yes like i still call you know like they're the, there's I, like i still call them stores. style 98s yeah. i can't remember what yeah, they're called yeah, yeah. now like there's the classic high top or whatever yeah, yeah but yeah. it was so style funny 98s, like right. like so proud that not that I, you know, you know, like, yeah, I helped him get there for sure. Sure. But yes, just. Of course. Like how awesome it was that we took over the world, yeah. you know, like yeah, a bunch of quote fucking skateboarders and fucking BMXers and yes. fucking snowboarders yep. took over the world. And, yes. and it, it was just like, it was crazy how proud it was. And like, it's just like, you know, Vans. Love you guys. Like it was insane, right? Same, man. So they they sponsor your thing. They, sure they do, didn't man. pay me for that. This is just <laughs> but but it was, but it was but it, you know, just things like that. And so, it you know, was, and, and but we were like you, you forget how influential your shop is when you're doing it and how right. much it means to people. Right. When we were just making shit up every day. Like, like I went to Australia, to, like I love Midnight Oil. I can't even deny it. It's like favorite <laughs> band. I'm a deadhead for him. We're 20 minutes in before you got to midnight
0: over. <laughs> We made it a long time. And
1: so they were doing six shows in seven nights in Australia. And they were right. all in like theaters that where they recorded all the crazy live stuff. So I grab a buddy and we fly to go see these six shows. And one of the shows, you know, like I, I wear flip-flops pretty much all the time. Sure. And we go to get in the show. And I was like, oh, mate, you can't come in here. It's a classy joint. I'm like, dude, it's Paramount of leagues. you got to let us in. <laughs> and the guy's like, no, mate, you got to have shoes. And I'm like, come on. And. Then um, this guy's walking by on the inside and he's like, oh, oh, let me see if somebody with the band can help you. What size are your feet? I'm like, 11 and a half, six ladies, whatever gets me in, right? I don't care. <laughs> yeah, sure. And so he comes back like 15 minutes later and he goes, oh, someone in the band had shoes for you. I'm like, really? He's like, yeah. So he gives me the shoes and he goes, at the end, just come back to the backstage drawer and we'll give you your flip-flops back when you give us the shoes back. Like, okay, Fuck. sick, thanks, man. So I'm watching the show and I'm dancing away and I'm looking at the band and I'm like, man, the only guy with big feet is Peter Garrett, the lead singer. Holy shit. The lead (laughs) singer of my favorite band gave me his shoes to get in a show. Oh, wow. So, you know, this is when I'm writing for Transworld. So, you know, I can write. And so I'm watching the show and I'm dancing away and I'm thinking, you know, that story, you know, someone when you walk a mile in their shoes, I was thinking, well, I wonder if you know someone when you dance two hours in their shoes. And so I started thinking, like, I wonder if these are the shoes he wore to Clackwood Sound or if the one he did is protesting in New York or you know, like where all these, where these shoes had been and the shows they'd done. And at the end of the show, you know, I go back and give the shoes and like, oh, great night. Peter was waiting for his shoes. I'm like, holy fuck. I really had Peter holy Garrett's shoes. actually was So shoes. I write this story called Dancing a Mile in Somebody's Shoes. And I send it to the, send it to the band after, you know, I go see the, la- buy some shoes, go see the last shows. And when we get home, I send them the story. Yeah. And they send it to their website with a, at the end of it. It's like, oh, and by the way, we make snowboard videos, and you guys haven't had a video for a while, so I saw you're playing Vancouver. If you want, we'll make a video for you as a thank you for the shoes, right? Oh, my God. And, you know, you send a letter to a website. Dear Brittany, how yeah, long do you? Yeah, like, yeah, you're ever going to hear yeah, from them, yeah, right? Yeah. Two weeks later, I get this phone call. Yeah, this is Gary Morris with Midnight Oil Management. Yeah, we love the idea. Yeah, we'll set up all the excess. So we ended up making this video for Midnight Oil.
0: Oh, my God.
1: But the funny part is, it's like, you know, I saw him in 83 in australia and they blew my mind it was like the best show i've ever seen in my life right and then here it is that must have been 2001 and so i'm hanging with the band after the show and they were cool as fuck it was just like you know thank god the band i worshiped for 20 years is actually cool right Yeah. yeah and i'm and i'm talking to rob the drummer and i'm and i'm like i'm like man i'm so glad you guys come come you know it's like yeah i'm from calgary oh we're going there next it's like you know what the weird stat is? We sell more records in Calgary than anywhere outside Australia. And I'm like, dude, that's because of my shop. And he's like, what? No and I tell buddy. him the story about how the shop would play Midnight Oil all the time, we would give kids a ride and all this stuff. And, you know, the amount of people that came through the shop. And it's just like, you know, the randomness of the universe. And then yeah. like- I don't know, I guess it's 10 years ago now. I was talking to Peggy from Transworld, who started Transworld. And she yeah. goes, Did you know your shop sold 20% of our first print run? <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs>
0: oh, fuck, What? <laughs> like, just like, Yeah, pff, you know, tam- a tamakita, right? Like, just like my head exploded. It was, yeah. that's amazing. It was shit. just like,
1: you know, you, you don't realize how influential something is until. Well, not till it's gone. I mean, people always say, "Bring back the shop," and I'm like, "No, it's like the clash You had to be there, right? Yep. Like you can't yes. yeah. you can't go backwards; you can only go forwards." It's not the same climate, right? Well, and but it, but it was funny because you know people go, "How did you do all this stuff and all these things?" And it's like, it, it wasn't a cognitive thing, it right? Was, it was having a shop and having nothing to sell other than snowboards. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, you know, I used to buy these gloves and. Peel the thing off and silkscreen our logo on them. And, you know, all of a sudden we had snowboard gloves. I've and, seen them. Yeah. And, oh man, we sold so many gloves. It was crazy. <laughs> and, and we knocked, and then we, then we, you know, then we knocked off black diamond gloves. Cause I mean, Yvonne Schrenard, oh my God, what a God, right? Best move of all time. And so we, we made knockoff black diamond gloves. And then we, you know, with kelly we ended up making pants. And Al Clark's mom sewed our first sample. You know, and, so and, awesome. and then there was, uh, you know, there was, you know, and then Shacho from who owned Stormy, who owned like the shop in Japan that would have a thing called the The big open. yeah yeah And we'd go there every October and he'd sell 10, like this is in 89, 90. He'd sell $10 million worth of snowboarding stuff in four days. Holy shit. Like there was a lineup around, four people deep around the block. And he had an eight story office building that had been, it was empty because of rent or whatever. And he'd basically invite every distributor and they'd bring everything they had on consignment and it was all on consignment Fuck. so we'd go over and you know sell all our snowboard shop clothes and then i'd hang out with cats to gucci who was our distributor there who makes green clothing sick my only sponsor nice. and, Burton. and but it was like so we'd end up selling all our stuff there but you know, it wasn't a. Is that an
0: exaggeration? Ten million. Ten million dollars, dude. You had
1: to, it was Holy like it was like a, it was like a six-hour lineup to get in. <clears> then you found what you're looking for, and then it was like a two-hour lineup to pay. <laughs> like it was insane. But every, you know, it's Japan. Everybody was happy. Everybody was stoked. That it was stormy. Like shop. his his shop was seriously four times the size of this table, and yeah. he sold more shit than anybody on the universe. Like it was insane. Like I remember going with cats. And he's like, oh, what are you looking for? And he's like, flick, 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 flick. It was like being in a record store. Like it was a 100 boards deep. Oh, here it is. And, you know, pull out a Damien Dagger or whatever, right? Like it was it was unreal. But we ended up making all this stuff because we didn't have anything to sell. And because I had a store, people would always come in and ask for, hey, I want, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'd be Boots, like, oh, hey, you know, like, gloves, you know, like, pants. you know, for example, You know, we sold three thousand pairs of (laughs) Sorels. And 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 the vice president of Sorrell comes in and goes, I'm like I'm like, what are you you doing here, man? Yeah. And he's like, I had to come and see this store that sells more boots than anybody in Calgary that isn't even an outdoor store. Yeah. What the fuck are you guys doing? Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I showed him how, you know, we take the champions or the we used the Vikings, I think we used. Or Verdun's. We used Verdun's in America. I just remember the the McKinley. Yeah. Yeah. Like the Americans had the, I mean, for lack of a better description, the lower ones. And we had higher ones that had more laces, so they were stiffer. Right. back then you needed it. Right. And so I showed him how we'd take, you know, usually Koflack liners were the good ones. You'd go to all the used ski shops and pillage all the boots and take out the liners, duct tape them up, and stick them in boots. Yeah. And he was like, wow, that's sick. Would you make a boot for us? Or would you design a boot for us? I'm like, yeah, happily. So we designed this boot and then, you know, Tom ended up hearing about it and all of a sudden it was a Sims boot because, you know.
0: That Sims boot. Oh, yeah. that's sick.
1: But it was different after Tom. Yeah. That. yeah. But I mean, we designed the well, first Burton one. Burton
0: had one that came out of a
1: factory that was a knockoff Yeah, of well, that for sure. Yeah, and, the, and they had the, the uh, was it Dale boot liner,
0: which was the freestyle yeah. one. But it wasn't quite there yet. La- yeah, they, it, they had a boot the yeah, years there's, before that that, yeah. were, that were straight up like D-hooks around. Yeah, yeah. But
1: we ended up making boots or well, designing boots for Airwalk and and just all
0: this stuff because, you know, you forget how much shit you actually sold. Jimmy Scott told me that, um, and, and he was just telling it off the cuff, like the reason Airwalk boots are so good is because they sponsor every pro snowboarder that doesn't have it uh, uh, doesn't have like a company that, yeah. that makes boots well
1: and sin was super good like he was the head designer there and he really listened like i remember me and boyer and Schwarty and dave my brother and and all like the whole shop posse because it was funny like you'd you know in the fall like basically this time of year you'd drive down to california and you'd hang out at oceanside with kevin kinnear and <laughs> oh, and all these shit. guys and go surfing and it, like you know like there's a picture of jason ford and damien and brandy and you know like everybody lived in Encinitas right it's
0: nuts it, it was they awesome so you would do. go
1: down in the fall and go surfing and hang out and have fun and yeah. you know hang out at the mag and and it was funny like five years ago I went down and or maybe it's a little more but you know I go to Transworld and and you know there's Gerhard gross and you know hang out bullshit with everybody and <laughs> and then hey let's go surfing so we go surfing and then we run into Frank April and like all the Quebec dudes. And it's like, like, seriously, it almost made me cry again. It's like, oh my God, we're still doing the same thing. It's, it's same like, thing. it's so rad. You know, like, i man gonna catch some waves, man, gonna be good. Hey, look out, man, coming true. And, it, you know, it was just, it, it was just awesome. Same like the guys. familiness of snowboarding yes. was yes. rad. And I went to California like a couple weeks ago and I was honestly kind of lost because I was like, fuck, where do you hang out now? Right, You know, like, right and
0: uh but we, where did we make, you go where did you go when you're down there well
1: like when i had the shop i'd go down because when well, i like hanging out in california and hanging out with chuck oranges, and bullshitting about yeah. snowboarding and, yeah you know blah 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 so they're
0: in san diego right
1: well so i'd go hang out with chuck in in santa barbara and he, he lived barbara, with bud was, Fawcett, yes, who was making yes, grand X. yes and chuck was all
0: grumpy and bitter at sims because tom had fucked him over right right how many years did that last for because they chuck became friends of, yeah they became friends 94 95 they were uh, back and kind of high-fiving each other <laughs> i think it was all fake
1: but yeah <laughs> yeah but uh, chuck's such a nice guy he can't hold a grudge if he wanted to right but right. uh but so i'd go to santa barbara hang out with chuck on mountain drive and and then you know buy skate you know and then well actually going back to that first worlds it's like we just sold snowboards yeah and you know i'm hanging out with cab and lance and billy ruff and they're like you just sell snowboards <laughs> and i'm like yeah and they're like how come you don't sell skateboards you skateboard and i'm like yeah and he's like i go i don't really know anybody he's like well you know us yeah like, okay so we ended up buying stuff from pal and and you know buying stuff from gns and then at Vision, and we ended up being this monstrous skate shop and we sold more pal stuff than like we like it was ridiculous how much pal stuff we used right, to sell right and one day you know we're getting the the you know i drive down in this tradesman 300 and basically load it up at powell and then drive north and clear customs and 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 land the stuff right and one day kevin harris is there and he's like man are you guys a distributor no we're just a shop and sure enough the next day kevin harris started ultimate skateboards (laughs) and we had to buy from him but it was rad because george and Stacey are like no dude you can still buy direct so it was was really like they're such a bad company yeah and it's funny because half half like Probably eighty percent of the guys at Powell are still the same guys. Well, I there. reached
0: out to, uh, I, I got a hold of George. I've been trying to get a hold of Stacy through a couple of people, and I, you know, there's there's a barrier there. To well, him. I mean, he doesn't just take it's calls. Stacy, and George. It's man. Stacy. Well, that George, was the thing.
1: That's why I'd go down there yeah. because like you can't say no to some guy. Hey, who's man, I want to buy some he's, th-
0: he's here. He's at your door. And, like, and he gets, yeah. you know, he yeah. gets,
1: you know, gets jumped in by Chuck. And yeah, you know, yeah. yeah.
0: Um, well so here's the thing is that Ernie told me that when he came from out east he came to build yeah, yeah, the I totally remember program that. for Powell. Yeah, I totally so remember I, that. I wrote a nice email to George and I was like you guys are a big part of the story because you know Ernie's such an important part of the oh, story Ernie's- and he cut his teeth you know before he met you he was making boards oh yeah well we used to buy a snow tax like it was I, I drove out to during the transition to ski construction was right? it albany yeah
1: yeah yeah because yeah. his snow I had the worst were... burger of my entire life
0: when <laughs> he went through that. <laughs> Look that so george wrote back and he said not interested in an interview and uh yeah i i remember it there was something about the money like he he said like it was a money decision we didn't go into snowboarding yeah, yeah. but it's the best thing that ever happened because pal's like to me the most you know like
1: Old school brand, it's like they were straight up legit. Like Vision was a money thing. Yep. You know, whereas Powell was a skateboarding thing. And that's yeah. why they're dragging the yes. wheels now are insane. Because you've like right? he figured out how to make low, what is it, high frequency, low skate. Like the tires are, they're tires. Wheels yeah. are insane.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. So did, is am I right on this assumption that Ernie goes there? He's making sandwich construction boards that it kind of like, uh, not sandwich construction, but like plywood boards. Yeah. Well, everything was plywood back Similar then. to a skateboard. So those yeah, guys it, that's get it. Yeah, that's what everything was. But he had learned how to make a vertically laminated wood core with the sidewalls, yeah. and he's getting all these materials. Yeah, because the snow techs were insane. When right, he first right. made them, just the top sheets would always pop off. And so then Stacy looks at the board and goes, the fuck is all this shit? I, I don't understand any of this. p polystyrene, what, uh, I thought they were just basically skateboards on the snow. And Ernie well, goes- Well, they were when they started. Ernie goes, well, they're kind of more high tech now, yeah. right? And they just looked at it and went, "It's too fucking, too crazy. It's yeah. not skateboarding. It's crazy. Yeah, not crazy." Well, and then and so and then so that, Ernie was yeah. just in yeah. Santa
1: Barbara, and he ended up working with Chuck, and it, and right. it was it was awesome. But so, so he I'd, moved I'd go down and hang Chuck, out. Yeah, yeah, which is so I'd hang out with awesome. Chuck, and then I'd go you know go by Surfer Mag because I love <laughs> Surfer Mag. Like I read that mag from when I was five,
0: probably. Wow.
1: Where grinding, would you even get your boobs hands <laughs> on the North
0: Shore? Where would you get your hands on Surfer magazine? <sighs> I remember Chalgary, you, just, you just well back then there were bookstores and they had everything, man. Isn't like, that it was funny? Crazy. Yeah, you'd go to a bookstore. you know store. you'd
1: go to a bookstore and there'd be a wall as long as this window times three, of and magazines. you'd look
0: on the sticker and you'd be like, "Why is this twenty dollars?" It says on the magazine itself it's supposed to be no, five. no. Back back then it was like you know five or six bucks, but it was just like you'd
1: see everything. And so I'd go to Surfer and and be like, "Hey, you guys should you know you guys should run snowboard pictures. You guys should run snowboard pictures and powder. You should run snowboard pictures." and powder and it's like from that i ended up being friends with steve casimiro and dave yeah. reddick and all those guys and then i'd go to transworld which was owned by or i don't know if it was owned by tracker but the same people did tracker
0: and tracker all, trucks yeah so it was a competing independent yeah like Indie yeah. was thrasher
1: yeah. and it was yeah. the, the you know skate and destroy whereas yes transworld was skate and create right you know like they wanted to they knew that if they had the the clean version of skateboarding it'd make skateboarding grow yeah and so I'd go there. Kevin talked about that? Yeah, Kevin's yeah. awesome. Like, yeah. I love Kevin. Unbelievable. Man. And so I'd go to Transworld, and I'd be like, hey, man, you should, you know, to Grant Britain and and uh, Peggy and, and Larry, and I'm like, man, you guys should run snowboard photos. You should run snowboard photos. And I had snowboard photos from telling all those other magazines in Canada, like, hey, if you want a snowboard ad, you got to put it, you got to run a story on snowboarding. And so I had all these photos. I mean- I don't know if they're amazing or good or whatever, but they <laughs> were still worth photos, Some right? of them are
0: good, yeah. and uh, Lots of them are amazing. And so... Right?
1: You know, they ah, oh, no, no, we're not interested. And then I'd go to GNS and buy skateboards, and I'd go to Vision and buy skateboards, and then I'd drive home and sell them all. And you know, the old the old days, you know, you'd write a check for way more money than you had. Yes. And it's like you'd hang out, everything would be mellow in California, and then you'd write that check for nine grand to Powell or fifteen grand to Powell, and you knew you had like eight hundred bucks in the bank. Yeah. But the banks took like two weeks to clear an American check. <laughs> yeah, <you got> it. <laughs> as soon as you wrote the check, your vacation was over. You hit on the fifteen, and you just drove north. You gotta get you could. fifteen grand in. That and, bank. And you'd go home and and, I mean, you know, my brother would work at the shop or my mom would work at the shop. How many brothers
0: are there? Five? Three. Three brothers. Chris,
1: Dave, and Carl. Everybody
0: was was involved at that uh, point? Yeah.
1: Chris never really was, but Dave was and Carl was and Carl worked a lot, but my mom was mostly. And I mean, the running joke was when I die on my tombstone, it's going to be, Ken's not here right now, but if you want to leave a message, he'll be back. (laughs) But so I'd get all the skateboard stuff home and then, you know, it'd go like crazy, but it was just, you know, the stuff you did to, to make it happen. And then, you know, to find out years later that, you know, and then a couple of years of this going by and then, you you know, you go down there in one fall and you're like, hey, man, run some snowboard photos, run some snowboard photos. And Peggy's like, oh, no, we're going to run. We're not going to do that. We're going to start a magazine instead. I'm like, what? She goes, yeah, all your hounding finally made us see that there's a, a thing there. And I'm just like, yeah, rad. Yeah, and then they hired Kevin and Guy and and made this insanely fantastic magazine because Guy's like... God, he's such a good photographer. Like you look, look at his photos, and he could follow focus surfing, yeah. and get ridiculously good shots. So yes. I mean, snowboarding is easy compared to that. Yeah, and you, you look at his photos, you can and reset you're and, sharp corner yeah, to corner. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, like so. Like I wish I was half as good as he was. I was just at Bud Fawcett's place. Yeah, he's the other god. What the hell, man? Oh man, like what? Five hundred five six Fuji fifty. Best <laughs> advice he ever gave me. My whole career is based on Bud's throwaway five hundred five six Fuji. 50. Thanks,
0: Bud. Yeah. That That is one dude who is a generous human being yeah. and just a wonderful person oh, to hang Buds, out with. I was, oh. yeah, I we we went to night. France
1: with Bud, and it was like the funnest
0: trip ever. That's the last time I drank, actually, like like significant amounts of alcohol. I stayed up, inter-Joss fell asleep, my buddy Gentle went to bed. and <laughs> The uh, tapes ran out. Yeah, yeah the tapes yeah, no, ran out. Bud it just awesome, hung but with, with Bud. He's yeah. the best. So, yeah.
1: we'd, so we'd go down and buy all this stuff, and then one year we'd go down and and we're at powder and they're like oh we don't want to run photos but we're going to start a magazine. Yeah. They hound at us enough to start a magazine. I'm like shut the fuck up and and they hired Doug Palladini, which was rad and so sick. And and it was just funny, you know, and and then, you know, How we, close
0: together are those those two magazines? Well, it's out? funny, they were both on Airport Roads. Right, but I mean, like, when well, does Cali one Airport come out? When does the, for the other? Surfer and Airport Road for Transworld. they like, it's that's funny. crazy. Did they like? Did Transworld get two years on them, or a year, or something? Maybe a year or two. Probably a year. Yeah, I mean. maybe maybe two. Well, Kevin's, not not that long. Kevin's story about like the fact that the here's the surfer guy, longboarder from you know, where is he from? He uh, north nobody of nobody knows. <laughs> 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 oh, I think he. I, I, Beach just north you, of San Diego. Yeah,
1: like Encinitas or whatever. Before
0: Encinitas. I, I know. You'd that, have to ask Todd Richards for uh, yeah. that. I don't know, man. One before Encinitas, two past but he said, Look, I know what I would do. And he got like this vision in his head of old surfing magazines before yeah. they sold out. Yeah, yeah. He's like, nothing's gonna be pay-to-play. Everything's going to be just shots of what's happening. Yeah, it, it, a young virgin sport that hasn't been exposed oh, yet. It, like Kevin oh, was is such is the perfect amazing. dude
1: for that. It yeah. was unreal because you know it's funny. Sometimes I get really sentimental thinking how lucky I am to have been at the start of two sports that were amazing. Like you know, like I used to ride vert on BMX yep. in probably seventy nine to probably eighty four. Yep, and I mean I'd never seen anyone riding. BMX on a ramp and we just, me and my buddy Jeff would ride our BMX bikes. You made it up yourself. Yeah, we totally made it up. And, you know, (laughs) we'd ride our BMX bikes to the ramp and skate. And then when we got tired of skating, we just started goofing around on the ramp and, you know, like just carving it in, in loops and then getting tighter loops and just doing a little bunny hop and totally and then all of a sudden done a year later we're like yeah. two feet out on vert and then yeah. 10 feet out on vert and yeah. it's like like it's funny like i think about it i've been bigger on a bike than i've ever been on a snowboard on it's a amazing pipe. like it's yeah it's, but it was funny when i did camp because everyone's like oh you can't ski no one knew i skied yeah and no one knew that i rode vert on vmx right and so we build this pipe and the skiers are there and we'd already kind of come up with the super pipe by then and yes Toyota we made the first super pipe (laughs) and so I roll in on skis and you know to me it felt like this body position was exactly the same as riding BMX so I'm getting a couple feet out and I couldn't even ski and it was super funny and Sturbin's was like you suck, man. <laughs> like, it, like, it was pretty funny, but it,
0: Oh, yeah, I never thought skiing and, and biking are it's exactly similar. the same, man. Because like, your hands are in the yeah, same yeah, place, hands your are feet the, are in the same, feet, the yeah, same yeah, place, the yeah, pumps yeah, yeah, the same, yeah, yeah, yeah. like,
1: the pops the same. Like, right, it's, it was exactly right. the same.
0: Oh, shit. Yeah, I so never it was super fun. But yeah. so, you
1: know, being, being in at the start of being, you know, riding Vert, like, it was funny. Like, where were my, you when
0: Rad was filmed? You were out in Australia. That was like basically
1: everybody in Rad, other than the main guy, was my crew that I rode BMX with. Unreal. You know Jeff Ingram, who I still talk to all the time. And yep. Kelly McAndrew, like, like Kelly or Jeff was like the main bad guy, if I remember right. And the you know blonde. Know guy? I've never actually seen Rad. Bullshit. I've never actually. We're seen doing it a we're doing a Rad screen. No, because it bums live. me out. It's like fuck. Why did I no, go to Australia? I could see have been it. it's in Hilarious. That. But, it's but, so fucking but, hilarious. You know, but that was my crew, and yeah. so you know, I yeah. think about it's how epic. lucky it's I was to be in the start of that three weeks ago. Yeah, I love Rad. And then you know, I had my ramp in the backyard, this quarter pipe. That was my grade twelve project, right? And and there was this little old lady that lived across the alley, and she, you know she was probably eighty five, and she'd sit and watch me ride BMX all the time. And you know, I talked to her, and she'd be like, "Oh, just in case, got to calling ambulance." I was like, "You know, like pretty funny." <laughs> Thanks. Larry. And then I don't know, probably eighty-two or eighty-three, maybe, or maybe even eighty-four. The BMX action trick team comes to Calgary and does a show at the Stampede. Sick. And this is nobody'd seen vert BMX until you know, like there was a few of us that did it, but you know, nobody public-wise had seen it. Right. And uh, the announcers like, "Oh yeah, let's let's talk to the crowd. Let's see what you think." And they, and out of this entire crowd. They picked this eighty-five-year-old lady who's the only person in the universe that has been watching BMX for like five years, right? Yeah, and yeah. they're like, "Oh, I'm so little old lady, what do you think of BMX? What do you think of the show?" And she's like, "I've seen better things across my back alley. The <laughs> like, best compliment I've ever had. Yeah, it was so it was sick, so dude. funny. But you know, to to ride that, and then you know, like I could have gone pro at BMX. I'm, you know absolutely. Like, I years, mean, I was yes. I, I was. 100%. I know it's the best in Canada for." till about 83 and then you know and then i went snowboarding i came back from australia and and someone had stolen my ramp and stolen my bike and it was winter and i went snowboarding and yeah didn't think about 40 years later right 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 but I mean, the feeling of an alley oop on vert on a bike to me is like one of the best feelings ever. Yeah, I've never done one.
0: I, I'm not going to claim I was good. Oh, I, always, I dude, tried. It's so fun. I tried. It's we so fun. we stole wood. We built ramps. And then you know what happened to me is I started scootering because it was easier. We don't talk about that. man. <laughs> but you know, and then to go
1: snowboarding and then be at the start of snowboarding was yeah, you know, it was, it was unreal. And but that's what it's getting at. It's like so we'd you know we had a real advantage in Alberta and. You know, I don't know if it's luck or fortuitous or or whatever, but you know when when snowboarding started, like I remember my first day ever at snowboarding in the mountains was my little brother Dave was in a ski race with Michelle Wiegley, Mike and Bonnie Wiegley's daughter, yeah, who's the same age as Dave, and I was riding the T-bar with Bonnie because that was like going back to that ski racing thing. That was my advantage. Why I was so much better than everybody in canada by a mile is because i came from ski racing and i knew how to ride lifts and so when i was mm-hmm. learning to snowboard i could do laps on the t-bar and laps on the chair while everybody else was still hiking because they didn't know how to ride lifts oh, right? right so right. i got like so much more yeah, vert. five runs to everyone yeah 10 runs to and, everyone and but i'm riding up the t-bar with bonnie and it was like a needy pow day and it was n- it was never really an issue getting on the lifts in Alberta because they couldn't say no to us because they knew us all already. Like, right. you know, like Doug Lungren's parents ran Norquay. My mom and dad used to be ski patrols. I used to be a ski racer and we knew all the area managers, like the area manager at Fortress was, you know, Miss, Mr. Steckel, And we ski raced with his daughter, Heidi, and his son, Ward. And so like, they couldn't kick us out because we weren't these
0: Yeah. Aliens. No, I mean, everywhere else. It's like you've got to get Jake to come and say, like, well, we we get to do that a lot for a lot of resorts too. Like, you know, like I think Jake and me were, he did the
1: States and I did Canada. Yeah. And, uh, but, you know, so we got to ride Fortress and, you know,
0: we had a... F- you know Jamie Salter claimed that he did that? Fuck you. Jamie Jamie, Jamie Salter said that he he went across yeah, I guess he would call resorts is what he said and yeah, say, okay, Hey, yeah, you know yeah, what? Okay, Barrow. <laughs> and you sold the most freestyle boards too. I remember that. Dude, by the way, your interview was fucking boring. The only the only F and Rad podcast I didn't finish. <laughs> wow, man. Sean's fired. Can call it out, Jamie Salter. Wow. Oh, dude, it's
1: you know, it's like his whole interview was about money, 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 and it's like that's boring shit. I think it's true to who he is. You know, I, yeah, I he's he... a total money guy, and I mean, he's killing it now. Yeah, he owns basically yeah. every brand in the universe. Right? You know, it's like I sound like I'm grumpy about it, but whatever. It's like. It, Blaze Rosenthal
0: says so what right like yeah who cares like, right who cares? Like okay so you made more money like that like you, like you said you can't add a day to the week yeah right it's if you're going and, snowboarding every day and you, you need to get a job to go well you're already going there's no more days to yeah. go yeah And, and
1: you know, like whatever, Jamie, I don't care, but it was was
0: just, it's interesting though. When, when you get that far back, just one conversation, you know what I mean? He, maybe he talked to one area manager. Yeah. No,
1: we like West, like we got a couple of resorts in Ontario open. There was like an Ontario ski show the same year. The first trans roll came out. Cool. And I went out there to sell snowboards because you could get a booth. So we got a booth out there. So we could at have the Toronto shop. Ski Show, yeah, the Toronto Ski uh, Show.
0: I, that's where I met Murray Fraser. And actually, then, yeah.
1: and then you know we're selling snowboards or trying to sell snowboards because sure. nobody wanted to buy snowboards back then. Yeah, but we actually we sold a few. But we had you know we took boxes of Transworld magazines. Cool. And we sold you know probably three or four hundred mags there. <laughs> like I say, like I had no idea we sold twenty percent of the first issue. like it just insane. it's insane. That's nuts. But then we talked to a couple of resorts and they let us up and then. And, but when we came back to Alberta, it was like, you know, we talked to Lake Louise and they finally, you know, only shop posse can go up. You got to be a pro snowboarder. So of course, all of a sudden, everybody's a pro (laughs) snowboarder. We made these silver (laughs) chop protein patches and gave them to everybody. And and then Fernie let us up because only the, you know, we got to see if it works. So only the shop employees can come. So of course, everybody was a shop employee the next year. Totally. And then Norquay was the same thing. And, you know, it was, but it was fun because, you know, like I remember at Sunshine. So Fortress got bought by Aspen Ski Corporation and Hugh Smythe, who ended up being the area manager for Black was the one who kicked us out of Fortress. And so we all <laughs> ended up going to Sunshine. Yeah. And, you know, then we got everywhere going there. And then this French company with Terry Denard was making a movie and they wanted some talent. So they hired the snowboard shop team to be the talent in Nuit de la And the snow was kind of bad. It was the end of the season at, in Alberta. And then he's like, have you heard of this place, live." And we're like, I don't know, dude, we'll go wherever you want. And so, you know, the whole shop team comes to Whistler and we go up Wizard, you know, me and Doug Longer, we go up Wizard, go up Solar. We're two thirds of the way up seventh. And I'm just like, dude, we got to live here. We've been going up for an hour (laughs) and we haven't even dropped in yet. We came down, rented the last empty store and and Snowboard Shop Blackcomb was born. That's it. But it it was just funny, like going back to the thing, it's like, you know, people would ask you for stuff. Like, I remember this kid coming in the shop after we'd made the twin tip going, you know, what would be really cool is... You know, if you look at a snowboard, there should be camber under each foot, and this is that's like eighty eight. Wow. And I'm wow. like, yeah, okay, kid, and yeah, yeah, me an idiot for not listening, right? Sure. And it's like, Try you know, and out. that's like Jake's thing. It's like he always listened. He you know, did. like you said, anything to Jake, and the, you know, the notepad had come out, and he'd write it
0: down, and that's why that's why Jake owned the universe. Okay, so there's a few events that happen that really now that I've looked into the history for eight years, there's there are a few things where everybody got together. These worlds competitions. How did you decide to do the worlds at Lake Louise? Like what North America? Well, we did the North Americans at Sunshine. Okay, sorry, so fucked up. North Americans at Sunshine. Yeah, so I ran. I ran. But there was another North Americans that year. Or no, no, like
1: so. Yeah. So I went to what was it? I ran into Craig at in like December of eighty four. I'm going to say okay. And it was after I'd been to the worlds. Now that I know it was eighty four, I always thought it was eighty three. So I went to the eighty three <laughs> one, went on a Sims, and then I went Which to eighty four Springs. One. Yeah, eighty three Springs, and it had the yep. craziest winter ever. I was like, "This resort's fucking insane." And, Soda and then is the next year yeah. it was like this yeah. little pebble of snow. So I was like, <laughs> "Ah, okay, I guess I was wrong on that one." But then, so I went to the worlds, and then I ran into Craig at, in eighty four at Sunshine, just like walking across this you know, in front of the lodge and I was walking down the stairs and I'm like, holy shit, another snowboarder. And I'm like, run down to catch up. to him. Like, hey man, you single? And he's like, yeah. And, you know, we ended up riding Standish all day and he's like, Red. We're like you know, we're like, hey, where are you from? No, that was BMX. <laughs> 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 and uh, so I'm like, where are you? you know, where are you from? He's like, oh, I'm from Mount Vernon. I ride Mount Baker. You should come down. I'm like, okay. And he's like, actually, we're having a contest in blah blah." Okay, cool. I'll come down. And so we went to the, you know, the bank slalom and, you know, everybody. Winter of 85. Yeah, the or the whatever the first bank song was, 85. I think it was 85. Yeah, first and one. you know, you meet the Howitz and you fall in love with Gwen and Amy, and you know, like <laughs> yep. you still do. yep <laughs> and and you have like this amazing, like, I think half of my friends are friends that I met at the first bank salon Oh, wow! Like, Bud was driving around North America with Michael Nakamura, Bob Klein, Evan Fien, um, Boy Agro, Matt Vining, damn. And, and I meet all these guys at Baker and like, I still hang out with Matt all the time. Like, yeah. you know, I talk yeah. to Bob Klein all the time and, you know, I'm, when I'm in California, I'm sure I see Michael Narakamura around. I haven't seen, like, we were the first people to ride mountain high. That's sick. You know, but it was, but it was just meeting all these people at Baker and then I was like, man, I got to do this. And so I'm like, you know, me being good and bad at math. I knew how many people <laughs> snowboarded in, in from the shop, and I had this idea of making, you know, because Tom had the worlds and they had the Bank Slalom, so I was like, well, I'll make the North American Snowboarding Championships, or because yeah. Jake had the U.S. Open, so I'll be like, okay, we'll have the North American Championships, and it'll be like a tour. Rad. So I'm like, okay, well, if we get a hundred people at a hundred bucks a head, that's ten grand in prize money. Right. It was ten grand prize money, and however, I can't remember what my math was, but it was. 100 you bucks. just went, look, 100 times 100 is 10 grand. And so that's our prize money. And it ended up being like the biggest <laughs> well, prize money you, in snowboarding. And, but
0: how do you run the contest with no money? Well, you didn't need money to run it. That's insane. That's awesome. I mean, awesome. it's like, you know, my where mom, my the, mom yeah, helped out this. Where do you get out the flags this. from?
1: Because oh, we, we had the shop. So, yep. you know, I just made the banners in the shop. and and So how do you do the prize purse?
0: Do you divide uh, it up? It's like funny. I was talking down. to Eric about this the other yeah. day. And if
1: I remember right, it was... We had three events and it was divided. I can only remember the next year when we had 20 grand in prize money. Jesus. Because it was like, okay, we had 130 people. So yeah. we can do 200 people next year. So that's 20 grand in prize money. I'm fucking real. And I think we had, let's see, Parallel solemn, Regular solemn, Moguls, and Half-Life. So we had four events. So it was five grand a piece. Yeah. And I think a grand was split between the girls or... 3750 was the guys and 1250 was the girls okay because there was only you know there wasn't that many girls so yeah it's not yeah. like we you know we if if there'd been the same amount of girls we would have given even prize money i got you but and so you know like okay so we you know we had the first dual slalom and we had you know because i came from <laughs> ski racing and real pro skiing which yeah. predated snowboarding getting screwed over by fists. they got you know World Pro Skiing would bring 30,000 people to this Canada Olympic Park to watch a ski race on a weekend. Amazing. And Fist was like, oh, we got to put an end to this. Right. And, you know, like my goal in life, I wanted to be Bob Biatti, the announcer. I didn't really- <laughs> but so, you know, I remember World Pro Skiing. I'm like, okay, well, if we're doing racing, I can't be bothered to to judge anything or time anything. Let's just do it to split. So it we'd do you know, like the red course won by one by 1.5. So the next guy had to beat you by more than 1.5, oh, okay. like super lazy man yeah. timing. Sure. And we had, you know, six foot pro bumps. Cause that's what snow, you know, skiers had. So I'm like, well, we're snowboarding. We can do that shit too. So we had six foot jumps, I don't think any of the girls went over him, but all the guys went over him and, you know, shit would break because it was snowboarding back then. <laughs> and then we had head-to-head half pipe, which I still think is rad because what, it's-
0: uh, What the hell's head-to-head half pipe? It was, it
1: was sick because it was kind of like brackets if you think about it. Like the first guy go against the second guy and yeah. then, you know, red red guy or the blue guy won. Yeah. And then you'd, you'd go again and the red guy or the blue guy won and then you just keep going head-to-head until you had a winner. Shit. And then we did moguls the same way because we were too lazy to judge. Got it. And And- who wants to remember a guy 50 ago? No, it's impossible. It's, it's impossible. No, it was impossible. And, and, you know, like I always used to joke when I was in a contest, it's like someone's going to get it screwed at a contest. It's without fail. You just hope it's not you. Right. <laughs> every right. Every time, right? Yeah. Like oh, every absolutely. time someone's getting Absolutely.
0: Burned. Yeah. I mean, the last Olympics, all, oh. still till now. Oh, dude. Yeah. Still till now. Yeah. 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 yeah and
1: yeah. so then we just did head-to-head half-pipe and head-to-head moguls and it was- Who won was, the moguls? I can't remember. I think it was Dave or Schwarty. Schwarty talks no, about No, Schwarty won pro. the amateur and he, then he won yeah. the pro. Yeah. He, Dave, yeah, Dave yeah, won. Yeah, 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 But yeah, I mean, you know, it was funny because, you know, snowboard, you know, like snowboard trophies were pretty ghetto if you think about it. <laughs> hey, Don, you want to pass me that one? It's just, if you reach up, it's right on top of the cupboard there and you know snowboard trophies were super basic yeah and so we're like that's, "Oh, dude we can do better than that trophy so we got <laughs> these remington plaster of paris full rodeo trophies that were so <laughs> fucking rad like they were so not snowboarding but they're insane at the same time yeah and uh so we we, we make these just crazy ridiculous trophies And I remember Kidwell winning piping. Yeah, let's rodeo. And like holds his trophy up like this. And we were in the old Sunshine Lodge. And seriously, he missed the roof by like this much. Because it (laughs) would have just plaster. It would have just shattered like nothing, right?
0: Craig had a lot of
1: trophies like yeah. he had a
0: lot of bmx trophies yeah oh yeah bmx he, trophies he were always a trophy gigantic dude. so yeah. we're like let's yeah. do
1: the same thing yeah. and make super ridiculously awesome trophies nice
0: and uh but it was fun
1: so we had super good prize money yeah, yeah. so here here's the here's my uh world's trophy that tom sent me like 84 10, 15 15 years later he said after I stuffed it you. in
0: his chest and told him to fuck off in 84 in 99
1: yeah, that's probably when he sent it. World
0: yeah. Snowboarding Champions, Championships, third half part. And I was
1: second. I tied for second with Jeff Grohl.
0: <laughs> and it's funny because when he sent it, like until I
1: talked to Blem, I fully thought that he got the year wrong and I was in 83. Like until like two weeks ago, I thought that trophy was wrong. <laughs> Turns oh, out wow. it was 84.
0: <laughs> oh, that's so sick. <laughs> it's so funny. That's insane.
1: Yeah. And I pride myself in having good memory for snowboarding because I've always felt that, you know, it's why online when Pretty quick to jump down people's throat for claiming shit because it's like, you know, like Tom Sims' whole thing was if you say it enough times, it's true. Yeah. Yeah. Chuck said
0: if you get it in print, it's true. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Chuck said Tom said that. Yeah. You
1: know, like I always joke, you know, i love tom but my joke is when tom died it's like my first response was holy shit he actually did something before jake and chuck that he can't get burned on <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> you know like harsh but funny and you know like you, that's the shit you can do with your friends right? Yes, like yes. if i didn't know tom it'd be totally dick but right, right we're friends right. it's like whatever right like when i die i hope I've, i have a joke it's like if you call me a dick at the funeral i'll give you 50 bucks <laughs> <your anthem>. <laughs> <laughs> but you know it's It was just, it was fun back then, you know, like everybody, you know, Jose Fernandez and Andy Tanner came from Europe and all the Burton guys came from the East coast and Tom and all those guys came from California. You
0: seem like one of the first international guys. Like, I mean, one of the guys that went to Europe, went to Australia, went to you know, yeah. just all over the place. Uh, well, cause a lot I, of people always, like, are in their bubble, right? Yeah, like a lot of people I, stay close to home. Oh, uh, California I mean, guys.
1: Part of it, you know, I always joke, uh, you know, the people you end up with as friends down the road. Cause of weird things. Like, you know, I think about the first time we went to Europe. I wanted to go to Europe cause of Greg Stump. Oh, wow. Like, I don't know if anybody knows Greg Stump, of but course. he's like, he's the God filmmaker of back in the day. Like yep. his, he was the first guy that figured out how to bring music and skiing and
0: did he narrate is that his he, voice? Yeah, yeah. He that, narrated that like deep he was voice. He, yeah. Yeah. You know, Trace Worthington did. doing a whirly bird. But but yeah. his movies were super good. And they go were the so and glazes yeah. arc for speed skiing. I used to watch like I used to watch those when I didn't even snowboard yeah, yeah, and exactly. I didn't even ski. I just yeah. found them like it was like world travel. It was yeah. like fun. And, and, and you
1: yeah. know, and Stumpy had this this flavor that was insane i hate that fucking trophy. and uh and uh but he did he had this you know, and Ward you know like fun. i hear start me up and yeah. it's like you know when i did camp and made my movies i was i'd always tell everybody it's like look the music is as important as the images oh, 100% because you have to find music that people might not know so that when yes. they watch the movie for the rest of their life that piece of music is connected in their brain to that piece of footage 100%. and it's like I hear start me up and I see speed skin and Lazark. thanks to yep. Stumpy. Yep. yep. You yep. know? And and so, you know, me and Don Smith went to Europe the first year and slept in a VW Golf, and <laughs> and you know we were at Les Arc and we rented this thing called a Jeet in uh, in Granier CRM, which is across from Les Arc, and it was seventy five bucks for a week, and oh, wow. and then we ended up just sleeping in the car at Les Lays- Arc eighteen hundred because it was you meet
0: quicker. Regis was
1: Regis oh, there did at we that time, meet Regis. <laughs> dude. Regis, that guy is the god of snowboarding. So he is. so we go so we go to Les Arc because you know it's. Because that's where, you know, I still have this joke. It's like, if they got speed skiing, that place is all right with me. It's got to be steep and it's got to be tall. So I'm in, right? Yeah, yeah. So the first year, we, you know, I was laughing with Smitty about this the other day. We land in Frankfurt. We drive to Martigny because we look at the map and, you know, Canada, you know, you don't think roads are closed. And we drive all the way up to Valorcine and the road's closed. (laughs) And we're like, fuck. And and like Valorcine is seriously like, you can throw a rock to Argentier. Like you're there, you're in Chamonix and we're like, ah, shit. So, you know, we're jet lagged as hell and we, you know, we're kind of half asleep at the wheel. So we have to drive all the way back around, all the way back to Geneva, all the way back up to, to Chamonix. Shit. And the first time you go to Chamonix, you're like, you look up and, you know, the valley's like this and you're like, where the fuck do people snowboard here? Right, like, right. Like, you know, you see these peaks and you're just like, holy Fuck, this place is rad. Yeah, and and so we couldn't really, you know, like so. Then we went, let's go to Les Arc first. So we went to Les Arts, and like that place to me, I still think of as my home mountain. Like, nice. It's like I've, so. you know, th- the snow, the terrain, the people, the air, the colors. You know, like there's, it's just, you know, and back then. So me and Smitty get to Les Arc. Oh, sorry, going back to that Chamonix story. So we, you know. Tw- five years later, you know, we're basically living in Chamonix for the good parts of the winter. <laughs> nice. And we find out there's a fucking car tunnel beside the train track and we didn't even see it. Oh, oh we, like we were a mile, like we were God. 100 feet. It was so funny. No. Oh, way. my God. We laughed our asses off oh, about that. Like up. totally, like you had to know it was there. Yeah. And it was just like, oh, my God. It was so funny. So we end up at Les Arc and, you know, we're just snowboarding. We just jump on the lifts and then. The area's like, oh, you cannot do that here. You must have le patinette. And we're like, what are patinettes? And he goes, oh, there are these little mini skis with bindings on it. We're like, okay, well, fuck, where the hell do we get those? And then we go up to 1800 to, you know, to the village, and we run into Rageous. Oh, come on. Just and, like random. Yeah. And, Did you I, know
0: who he was from... From uh, Yeah, from Apocalypse, Apocalypse Snow. Snow. Like yeah. the best...
1: Yeah. The, the most real snowboard movie ever, I think. Ever. For original, ever. you know, like up until up until i made a movie and then ex- mine was way better <laughs>
0: it existed in a bubble that's yeah, the thing like, that i it was like about the, it.
1: this crazy amazing french thing. come on red red score one come on yellow it's so dope it's, it's, it's that- like the snowboarding's just off the hook and so yes. we run into rages and yeah. rages because of that movie is the god of Les arc right and we just roll into
0: this it shop. french movie awards and shit like oh dude th- like the, the cinematography movies. and yeah, everything yeah, like yeah, that is yeah, insane yeah, right yeah, yeah,
1: yeah and yeah. so you know we're with reggie and he's so stoked to see us because nobody else snowboards right and we can actually snowboard keep up and and so uh we we just walk into this rental shop and reggie just grabs two pairs of skis off the rack and luckily we had extra (laughs) snowboard bindings yeah and reggie just busts out a hacksaw in the shop we put it in the vice and just (laughs) (laughs) cut these skis off till they're like i don't know like 30 centimeters in front and back of the binding we throw them in a backpack or screw our extra snowboard bindings on and then we go ride and because you know he's reggie everybody knows him so we just you know we followed the letter of the law we had our patnets but you know the lifty knew we could ride without him so we just throw our backpack with the patnets onto the chair in front of us and just let it do laps and and <laughs> and we just <laughs> we just lap this place and I mean Lazar to me is like God the 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 terrain, you know, and then we ran into Valerie Blanc, who's the the guy who started uh who started Lazar, who had the vision in nineteen sixty eight and yes. built this entire place. His right. daughter basically ran the PR and I mean she's just amazing. And she hooked us up with tickets and you know, the and well, the first year she didn't. We met her the second year, and like every year we went after that. She's like, you know, we back you because know, by then there was magazines. We'd get a story on Lazark in the magazines. And I mean, to this day, it's crazy. Like if I go to Lazark, they'll fully hook me up with an apartment Shit. and tickets. And what? it's like, like, it's crazy. Goddamn. And like, I mean, I'm hoping it's still like that because I have sure, been there for a while. Sure, but sure. they said, whenever you come back, it's yours because you helped us get on the map for snowboarding. Well, this is And what... I mean, every year we'd go to Lazark and like, you know, we went there with Bud. You know, and it's just like the, the terrain, the snow, like there's something there, like 15 centimeters, centimeters, 15 centimeters flows, like, like as a photographer, like you kick it up and it flows like 50 centimeters. It's insane. And then, you know, the valley, you know, there's 7,000 foot valleys and, you know, you see the different gradients of blue from light to dark and, and just. You know, so yeah you are it, this
0: guy you are the you know and so we're going to europe and that's going to europe yeah and that's then you going, know then did we you make go the, to australia did you do an so I went summer? to australia in 83 so, okay hold on hold on so we've we've been talking for an hour we've done <laughs> we, haven't, hour. we haven't even got the 83 we're, yet we're <laughs> in 83 still which is sick and <laughs> i talk forever yeah pretty sick so i would like to do a quick thing because for me i'm starting to get access I'm following in your footsteps, and I'm starting to get invited places. (laughs) No, it's, well, dude, you're the man. Like, like, I've ridden Whistler with Ken Achenbach. That's a fucking bucket list. I want to ride Lazark with Regis. Oh, dude, obviously. let's go, dude. Like, so, seriously. Like, okay, get, let's do... Let's do a Come on, one. Red, let's go. Yeah, let, let's do a few few of these bucket list yeah, things. Yeah. Where else do we go? Chamonix, we have never been. Who's there? Well, you got who's to go to Chamonix, Chamonix with, with Chamonix? Eva
1: Sandelgard. Okay. Who won the Verbier Extremes Pregnant. Sick. If I That's got beat sick. by a pregnant girl, I'd just quit, <laughs> man. Yeah. like too, Well, it's funny, you know, like... So Baker with who? Baker. So uh, Baker with Craig. Like, I couldn't go to Baker for years okay, after so he got murdered. Okay, so yeah. And Fulton and.
0: But Baker with Fulton now? Like, who? Oh, I have it, ridden Baker with yeah. Fulton. That's insane. Yeah. It's, I, or Baker Carter with Carter and those guys. And, Never ridden with Carter. Never know, even seen him in real life. You know, like,
1: I mean, I think it's funny, you know, you look back on Dan, however many years of snowboarding, and I think my favorite day I've ever snowboarded was one day at Baker with Damien and Flynn Seddon, and it was oof. like this deep day. And I don't know what it was, man. I was out jumping Damien and Jamien was killing it and Flynn was killing <laughs> it. And like, we're we're jumping these fucking 30 footers to like a pinner landing in between sure, trees and sure. shit. And just- like, You're on I, fire. Yeah, it's like the best day I've ever snowboarded in my yeah. life. I know I'll never snowboard that good ever again. And like, I still, I did this one thing. And to this day, I still haven't figured out how I did it. It was like, I watched a skateboarder hit a bowl, and it's the only thing I can think of that comes close to it. But it's like, there was this bank and I kind of ollied and, you know, this is like 85 or whatever, and sort of go for a book bag. And my board catches this snow and just basically does a carve like this. Yeah. And I end up going back out the way I came <laughs> in the distance of this table. Wow. And it was just like, and then, of course, I'd spend the rest of the day trying to do it again. And I've never been able to do it Did since. Did you come
0: out backwards or no, forwards? No, I came up
1: forwards. Like I was, just, going in, I, I was going this way. Yep. And then, you know, go for the good old book bag. So your board's up, down, going this. Yeah. And it caught in the snow and just went, <laughs> and, and spun around the other way. And I, I came out going forward, going the other direction. That's it was like, I don't even know how I did it. It was just like, okay, that was the sickest thing ever. Or like, So where know,
0: are these other meccas? I would say, okay, listen. Well, I'm, Japan. I'm, okay. Anywhere in Europe. Before we get to Japan, let's stay on the, uh, in North America. Mount Hood. Who's what? your guy? Rob Morrow? I think riding what, I know, it sucks. No, Yeah, but riding with <laughs> someone who was there before everyone No, I go to I go to bachelor
1: Moore. with JMO and yeah and, and Rob Morrill. like it's funny like bachelor. Rob Morel like his guys. turn like yeah. if, you know you're not going to be in front of Rob. No. He's And so it's fast. like I you know same with Seth Westcott like I could follow right. behind right. Well, you're going to follow behind him anyway cuz he's so fast. <laughs> <laughs> but yes. it's like I could yes. follow behind those guys all day long cuz you watch him turn it's like Rob has this totally different don't bend your knees turn where he kind of like his body's in front of his board. And then as he goes through the turn, it somehow whips it. So his boards in front to build
0: speed. Like I, I've watched it and I don't even get how he does it. And it's like, you so know, where in Tahoe Rob Moore, right? who, who in Tahoe And that's, then That's the next step down or, And then j Like, like the a yeah, bachelor Jamo, yeah, J-Mo, J-Mo It's like, like J-Mo saved me from snowboarding Like you know I went heli skiing Does he bunch. have He's got a radio show Yeah In, he's got in a, Bend I'm gonna go do his radio Chris show Jameson He's gonna do this yeah. Digital radio Yeah we're gonna morning. do both We're gonna go yeah, back yeah, and forth Yeah J-Mo's awesome yeah. Dude. Yeah, yeah I'm going to do that You should come on that trip That would be a lot oh, of I'll fun You know me dude We should do it around the I'll get in a car with anybody I don't know why I haven't been sexually harassed yet But i mean getting in cars with for a long time, <laughs> so then it's North North. So California. like I think what's I North? think
1: Bridgers. Like I yeah. was joke everywhere with everywhere that starts with B is the best. <laughs> Blackcomb, <laughs> Baker, Bridger,
0: the Mammoth, Bataho. Yeah, I've never been to Mammoth. So Mammoth then, is rat. Like Mammoth is like crazy rat. Who's an man. OG from Mammoth? that would be well i don't know everybody sick to ride i
1: I only rode there when the op pros were on and op pros like dude that was the best contest ever yeah like yeah like i think about it and it's like i've done a lot of heli skiing and a lot of cat skiing oh yeah like five weeks a year with craig and shorty and tom flager for like years holy shit and two of my best powder days are at june mountain when the op pro was on like the face riding the qmc with shorty and alex and dave and craig and you know, jumping off the roof. We actually the ones that got Craig busted for jumping <laughs> off the roof. Like it was so funny. What was and it I used my transfer card, incident. and I'm like, oh, I'm yeah. shooting for Transworld. Is there okay, any way so- we can get on this face before you open the lift? I'm like, oh yeah, sure. And so we got, you know, it was like four feet of less than one percent pow. Yeah. And it was sick. Like you'd you'd rail this thing. Like there's this giant rock in the middle of the face, and I love, you know, in my dreams I wish I was a surfer. Like yeah, you know, like I wish. I wish there was an equivalent of being a waterman, that yeah, in snowboarding. No, you know, there like is. Like Derek Dorn. Are you kidding? Yeah, man, he's a total snowman. <laughs>
0: it's yeah, true. Okay. Are you sure? Yeah, me? he's a snowman. Go snowmobiling I, with I, the I, man boys. Come on. No, seriously. no, no, That's, no, no. No, no. I, insane. I do. I
1: don't. Yeah. I don't mean the equivalent skill-wise. I just right. mean like waterman is a fucking cool name. Yeah, you're a waterman. If you're a if snowman, you're, yeah. I'm <laughs> mm, not going to quote Terry on that
0: one, but it's just like <laughs> it's
1: so bad, you know? It's like
0: I'm a snowman.
1: Well, so doesn't it, doesn't, really, it doesn't have the cachet that Waterman has. Okay,
0: so if you get over to Europe, definitely going to Stroom with Terrier would be a big oh, deal. Yeah, I mean, that, that's where I first rode with him. Like, Strun was insane. And that's where uh, I realized
1: that was totally over. Like, I was done. You were done. Yeah, right. It was stre- like 90. Well, no, because
0: nobody knew who Terrier was back then. When he was just this 14-year-old kid. Yeah, Terrier ended a lot of people's careers. Oh, well, dude, he ended everybody's Everybody, career. yeah. Like,
1: we're riding at Strun, and it's me, Duck Boy, and Craig, and we're riding through the fog, and somehow Jesus I'm guys. in front, and I find this fucking perfect quarter pipe like yeah. this long wall perfect quarter pipe probably i don't know 12 foot tranny Fuck. and terry's like hey you found that you can go first man and i'm like okay so i go and do a front set <laughs> air that i think is fucking sick I'm, you know like i go about yeah. 15 feet of distance i'm like six or eight feet out i'm like i'm fucking sending it yeah duck boy drops in does a mctwist about 12 feet of distance about eight feet out nice terrier rolls in 14 year old little fucking norwegian bastard and just like mctwist like twice as high as ducks twice as long just like shing, landing and i'm like and i'm done yeah <laughs> it's like i am officially not a pro anymore but it, but it was you know it's like it, it i love traveling and part of it was making snowboarding popular like i never saw borders like You know, like, I didn't care where people were from. I didn't care what people did. It's like, you know, I look at my friends from snowboarding. And if it wasn't for snowboarding, I can't even see how we'd be friends. Like, Smitty drove trains. Neil was this mad scientist. You know, like, Les was this crazy guitar guy. Well, actually, he was just a guitar guy until he broke his back at Sunshine hitting a cat track. Yeah. And he didn't want to be a statistic. So he got up and he's, like, riding down. He's like, I just didn't want to be a statistic, man. And like rode to the lift and like his back was broken and that was kind of the end of him. And he was seriously like less out of everybody was the best snowboarder out of all of us. Like he did this down weighting thing that just like he was so fast, you couldn't even catch him. Yeah, Like when we had the moguls at the North Americans, he hit this, hit a mogul halfway down, rode the fence for two or three (laughs) moguls (laughs) and then back into Uh, the uh, moguls. And there was like a, there was a a rock in the, in the, in angel shoots. There was a rock and he went a solid 40 feet in rubber straps and fins into moguls and <laughs> oh, stuck it fuck. like just like there's there was a poster at the shop i think dano has it or somebody has it now but less just like to me it's up there with that kid who a wine rock shot sure like the wine rock shot you know, a lot of its perspective, I'm not saying it wasn't huge, but oh, it was probably the same size as less Pretty just sure, from a different angle. I
0: think pretty sure Bud was like, yeah, no, one rock. It's flat. It's obviously yeah, flat. Yeah. But, and so Lester jumping yeah, off this thing yeah. was
1: like the sickest thing ever, like rubber straps, the no high backs.
0: The connection between the the imagery of it, right? Like yeah. you looking at Surfing Magazine, me looking at Snowboarding Magazine yeah. in nor- Northern Ontario looking at these things that, I can't do that here. Yeah. I got to get out west. I yeah. got to check it out. Like it, if it wasn't for the shots, I wouldn't. You know, like that shot of Lundgren. Oh, dude, that to me,
1: that's the biggest sickest craziest shot ever it, it, and da- yeah. i was talking to damien a couple of years ago and he was yeah. like yeah dude that was the day that ended my career And that I'm was like, it what yeah. and he goes yeah I re- like i blew my knee he trying to keep up with and
0: then he drove right back to <laughs> fucking california yeah. to get surgery yeah because i and mean he never I, got back yeah. out there that was it
1: yeah and it's that day that, that was the that day. like and those are succession. guy motel photos yeah. yeah and it's funny i have photos of that yeah and i had the worst sunstroke i've ever had in my life like i was so sick yeah but i didn't want to leave because i knew it was one of
0: those just Okay, you but don't miss it. Right? I'm I'm putting it up in the show because now I can actually throw photos yeah. up in the video. Yeah, you know, like we we're talking. Like I'm horrible at claiming shit for myself. Sure,
1: but it's like you know, one of the reasons, you know, like I look at Craig and Mark, and I get so stoked on how good they are, and how much money they make, and how successful they are, and how they're the nicest fucking guys. They ever, really are, like ever. And and I and I like to think it's like, man, I started that. Like sometimes it, you know, like.
0: So the McMorris brothers' parents talked to you and bought the camp the first time that they went. I can't even I can't even remember because back then they were just Craig and Mark, these two kids. Right, right, right.
1: right. (laughs) They must have been like ten or eleven. Or I can't I can't even remember. Really? Yeah, yeah. But where I was going with that is, it's like you know, I go to the first Worlds, and you know, and Tom sends me an invitation. Hey, you should come to the Worlds. I'm like, okay. And and he sends me with the entry form the first issue of Snowboarder. But it's not the snowboarder that you see now. Oh, the, it's the Bob DeNyke snowboarder zine, little square scene with cab, cab on the cover, on yep, bomb yep, dropping yep, yep, this roof. Yep, yep, and I just yep. remember being totally intimidated by this shot. I'm like, fuck, I'm nowhere near that good. Wow. And then, you know, meet all those guys. And I thought I got second at the first one, but apparently it was the second one. Sure, sure, and, sure, sure, sure. And if you have someone to look up to… yes. It's easier to get better. It's like, totally. you know, it's not that I'm not impressed with like six year old kids that can do McTwist on half pipes, but you should be able to because you can watch it somebody do a McTwist for right. three weeks you're straight not making at one shit time up. a second. Yeah. You know, you're just copying stuff. It's rad you're doing it, but I'm mm-hmm. not really impressed because who cares, right? Sure, sure. But it's like, you know, so we thought stuff up and then, you know, to get sponsored by the shop, you had to be better than me. <laughs> and so, you know, I then we end up that. with, you know, Warbs and and Dave Oof. and Boyer. And, you oh, know, wow. then you had to be better than them. Yeah. And then you had to be That's better than whoever bar. the next one right. was. And, right, You know, I, I remember pros from California coming to ride Lake Louise and they couldn't even ride the Summit T-Bar. Right. Like they're falling down. They couldn't even snowboard. Right. And then, right. you right. know, you look at, you know, like I remember Warbs. I think, to me, I think he was the guy who invented the cheese wedge way back. Yeah. Because there was this little tranny on Standish. And I remember riding up the chair one time, and I see this little cheese wedge that was seriously like <laughs> maybe as wide as a snowboard and about this big, yeah, like fifteen feet back from the lip. And I'm just like, you know, because back then it was just like, Krunk. yeah. And I'm like, I don't know how long is that? And then I see Warbs just hit this thing and just go, dink, gap the flat, and hit the tranny, and it was just like, oh, <laughs> you know, like it was like <laughs> yeah. it, it was yes. like to me that was like one of those that changed snowboarding. Yes. you know, like Damien. Chucking shit off clips. he started
0: backflip off the cliff. Free is insane, yeah. you know. And yeah. you know things like that, and it's yeah. just you you've know. You've been it, there for so many things. We started at that, and we should probably end it here because we're already an hour and a half in. Yeah, whatever. Just cut it. And send <laughs> well, it for another way, because we're rolling. Yeah, yeah we but can we keep doing Don, this. this. We can. keep we gotta doing get this. Don. We'll get done on here yeah. while we still have some light. i yeah. uh, fucking. Thank you for everything that you've given to snowboarding. So generous. I haven't given anything to snowboarding. Right? Like they gave me everything, man. Right. Right. Right, exactly, and I th- I think that's the uh, you know the spirit that I'm looking for with the podcast is you know we got they have the Craig Award at the at the Baker Bank slum. we need to have a Ken Award for something you know being a jackass <laughs> that tells bad jokes <laughs> sure exactly yeah yeah we need it I, I'll, I I'll, I'll make something up for the show it's, it's funny though you know it's someone like- who is enjoying it more than everybody else and just doing it because they love to do it well it's, it's funny you know it's
1: like i've always joked that i never wanted anything for snowboarding because i already had everything i wanted yes but it, oh, it's, we
0: do the keys this is where we read you read your quote this yeah is
1: you know you see the the ski and snowboard hall of fame <laughs> and it's like it's not like i care but sometimes i'm like um i should probably be in there yeah sure you know, like, uh, you, you know like you know and i'm never gonna you? i'm in this trans world snowboard hall of fame i'm yeah. in that one and that's the one that matters that's to me. the one that matters yeah that's the one that matters yeah, what's but the other one well what, it's just what you know like the canadian one? ski hall of fame or some of that shit and it's, uh, and it's not like i care you know, i'm going i'm going like, to veil
0: to the uh, but it's like the Ski and Snowboard Hall, of Fame, yeah. source, Ski and Snowboard World, Ski and Snowboard Museum. I'm not sure. Trent Bush is... Yeah, Trent's the man. He's the man. I love Trent, He is dude. the man. Twist clothing Absolutely. to this day was the oh, best yeah. shit ever. Oh, It was the fucking best shit ever. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. But and it's, he, he's, it's, he's it's, so It's not dumb. that I want yeah. any
1: accolades for it, but it's just like, if you're putting people in, I should be in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally. <laughs> like, like uh, I remember this Powder Magazine quote when they were interviewing Pierre, uh, Patrick Vonsant, this yeah. Steve skier. And the edit- editor's like, oh, we want to talk about this." And he goes, "If you want to be talking about Steve skiing, you want to be talking to me." <laughs> and it was like it was so rad. That's epic. But it's like, yeah, it's like I always, I always, I had everything I ever wanted from snowboarding let's because do, I learned in ski racing. Quote. Let's
0: do the keys quote because that's my. Uh, you, yeah. you read it for me, and it was motivating for me to hear it again now. Well, and, and it, I've heard it before.
1: You know, like I bet you, ten times a year, if not more, I'll I'll randomly run into somebody. And they'd be like, oh dude, that Keith's reality story changed my life. And it, and it, you know, it's funny. And you think about it and like, it happens all the time. Like it happened two days ago. I was at Home Depot in Squamish Yeah. and I run into this guy, Joe Patterson, who worked for me as a bike coach at camp. And he's like, sick dude, that story changed my life. I'm like, Dude, you're a biker. He's like, doesn't matter, man. The the message is for everyone, and That's I'm like, oh, right yeah. on, man. Like, yeah. but it makes me really stoked that it resonates with so many people. And like, you know, I think about Craig saying that it's his favorite piece of snowboard riding ever. Wow, it's like, you know, yeah, man, yeah, you know, like, That's I don't dope. need anything else. I yeah. got that from That's Craig. It. I'm good. And Mic drop. Yeah, and it's it's, but it's it, I don't know. It's just. You know, the one, I, you know, if, for the person enjoying it more than anybody else, I think you got to give JMO, it should be the JMO award because he saved me. Like I'll fully admit it. There was a couple of years when I didn't ride that much because I'd been heli-skiing and catting and all that. And, you know, oh, I got to ride chairlifts and blah, blah, blah. So, you're, you know, you still love snowboarding, but yeah, y- you forget, you know, like the snow is what changes your excitement. Right and right yeah and and, which is yeah 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 yeah. and and jamo came up and you never say no to jamo and you know it was raining it was knee-deep pow it was wind blowing rain sideways it was like the shittiest day you could ever possibly imagine yeah but jamo's like come on let's go and and you know Thanks to Burton, you know, you got your AK stuff that doesn't leak <laughs> and, you know, you got a good snowboard and you got your one ball J Wax and hell doing yeah. my shout outs here. Going fast. You know, you're doing your yes. wa- You got your Wax, right? So me and Jaymo are riding and it's, we're having so much fun, dude, is off the hook and we're laughing our asses off. And it, it just, it, it reminded me that snowboarding isn't the riding on snow, it's the hanging out with all your friends oh, bullshitting yeah. on the chair and oh, yeah. mocking each other and shit talking and- totally. Being stupid and then oh hang on we got to ride some more and then you ride down and then you get back on the chair and you shit talk some more and totally. and it and it's like it reminded me that that's what I actually love about snowboarding I mean I love you know I still love pow more than most people yeah and and you can see if it's yeah, a good day when you wake up here but it's it, it's Oof. just so. It was so, it was just so rad. So thanks, Jamo. You saved my life.
0: I could love that guy. Oh, he's the man. So do you want do you want me to read? Yeah, I'm gonna move the camera, and this is gonna be a one shot of you.
1: I... Ah, this is fine. I'll Just because you gotta get the background, dude. No, this
0: is be. This is. Uh...
1: It's kind of funny. So this is Keys to Reality. I wrote this for Transworld in 91 or 92, I think. And it's funny. I never realized that my column, So Anyway, was actually the longest column in the history of, snow- in oh, the history of Transworld. I had no idea. I just Red. made up bullshit every month. And yeah. it ended up being forever. So this is called Keys to Reality. It's kind of funny how you can go from walking around with nothing but lint in your pocket and being totally stoked to walking around with a pocket full of keys and being totally bummed. It starts out simply and seductively. I'll just get this car so I can snowboard more. Wrong. Anything that lets you snowboard more is a scam. It won't let you snowboard more because you ride every day and a car can't add days to the week. I'll just get this little night job so I can buy gas, you hear yourself saying. There's another key. Then your job starts making you miss sleep. So you can't snowboard as hard or as long as you need to, or as you used to. And you need stuff to wear to work. You need a place to change and store your stuff. Now you have an address. That's another key. Soon you have a day job because you've got not making enough money at night. The keys start adding up. Now that you have a job, girls know you're not a total loss. And you have a girlfriend and she wants to hang out with you some of the time. So instead of going boarding all the time, first she gives you the key to her heart, then the key to her apartment. There's two more. You can't give her the key to your heart because snowboarding put a combination lock on it and only your snowboard knows the number. Now you have a bunch of keys in your pocket. They're high maintenance items. You have to take care of them. They're weighing you down. Snowboarding is slowly just slipping away and you don't even notice it. One day, cruising to your full-time office job that you had to get a few years back to make payments on all your keys, you drive past a guy in the corner with his thumb out and a snowboard under his arm. While speeding by, you start thinking about the guy you just passed. He looked like you used to, snowboard and nothing else. As you pull into the parking lot at work, you can't get the hitchhiker out of your head. Your mind keeps wandering back, pulling all the keys out of your pocket and jingling them. You think about what you really want from life. Running back to your car, you reverse out of the parking lot and the squeal of Rockford in the middle of the four-lane highway. You've got to get away from your keys. You begin throwing them out the windows. You blow down the highway at 100 miles an hour. First to go is the key to the door of work. Then you backhand your girlfriend's apartment key out the passenger window. Flick, there goes the key. Flick. There goes it to the storage unit. Flick, there goes the key to her car. Flick, flick, flick. You feel better every time a key flies out the window and bounces down the highway at 100 miles an hour. You don't even slow down for the toll booth, paying instead with the tossed keys to your office and the executive washroom. You only have two keys left. You unlock your house. You run in, grab your snowboard, and dash out of the house. You leave the key in the door, and you leave the front door wide open. Whoever finds the house open can take it and all the stuff in it. You don't need it anymore. You jump back into the car and you start burning rubber through all four gears to get back to the highway where you saw the hitcher. He's still there. You slam on the brakes. When he opens the door and you look into his eyes, it's you. It's the life you left behind.
0: F and Rad shout-outs this week to Ken and his family. Thanks for recording at your place, Ken. Remember to tag three friends at Beneath Apparel in the Instagram post for this show and comment, I want new Beneath Base Layer, on the FNRAD YouTube video of Ken's episode. I'll be drawing a new winner each week. Good luck, and be sure to come back next week for another episode of the FNRAD Snowboard Podcast, presented by Vans and brought to you by FNRAD Snowboarding.